like I said, uh, we finished off around verse 13 last week in chapter 29 of Genesis. And prior to this, this time, right here at the beginning part of chapter 29, we have Jacob continuing his journey because of he was fleeing his brother uh, Esau. And, uh, and his father had told him, you know, his mother and father pretty much kind of got together and said, look, you go over uh, to my brother, to, well, to his mother's brother's house uh, and, and retrieve a wife from, from his daughter's. And so him uh, going there for this purpose to begin with, but yet also fleeing his brother uh, because of the, the, the hatred, I guess you can say, Esau had for Jacob at the time, wanting to kill him. And, uh, and so we have him continuing this journey. He comes up. We find him coming into the land of Haran and um, coming up upon this well, uh, where he finds some shepherds out there uh, waiting to, to uncover this rock from the well so they can water the flock. When he asks about where he was at, he finds out he's where he wants to be. And they and ask about his uncle. They said, yeah, he's good, and here comes his daughter right now. So his daughter comes up, and, and uh, we talked about it last week as far as how that when she got there, Jacob had uncovered the well and started watering her flocks her uncle's flocks, in a sense, the flocks that she was taking care of. Um, and afterwards, he, he pretty much told Rachel who he was. And, uh, and when she had heard these things, she had ran off and told her father. So that's pretty much where we left off last week. Um, any thoughts or comments up to this point, though, before we keep going? All right, seeing none, let's get, a, get on into it. Uh, verse... I'm going to go from verses 13 down to verse 20. In chapter 29 here it says, Then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob's, Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran out to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. Um, you know what? I said I'm going to read through verse 20, but there's, there's too much right there in those couple of verses that I wanted to, to go back and hit real quick. So up to this point, we had, uh, like I said, Rachel ran off and told her father. Her father heard you know, who was there with him, who came to see him. And so he ran out and uh, and. and Embraced him, hugged him, whatever. Uh, gave him the customary kiss. And, uh, and it said here at the end of verse 13, uh, so he, referencing Jacob, so Jacob told Laban all these things. What are all these things? What would all these things be that, that Jacob may be discussing with, with Laban? Now, I'll, be, I'll go on and tell you, I, I don't really know 100%. I'm just curious what you think. What do you think they might have been discussing here? What all went happen back home, why, he's, why he left and where he's at? Or why? Well, um, it could have been uh, that. It could have been you know, him just telling him you know, how he got to this point, you know, the, the travel. Uh, don't know exactly what all had been discussed here, um, but I, 
I don't believe that he discussed at this time how that he was coming to the land to take of a, of a wife. And the reason why I say that is because what we're going to find uh, here in the next few verses, uh, because it sounds like that, at least in me, to me, when you read over this and look at it, that Laban uh, wasn't 100% sure of, of the aspect of him taking up a wife, but I do believe that Laban uh, realized that he had that Jacob had interest in Rachel uh, after the month that he stayed there. But regardless of whether or not they discussed that or not, as far as the wife aspect, I don't know. Um, but anyhow, uh, whatever the case, uh, the discussion that they made, they had, Laban understood that truly you are bone of my bone. So he, he understood through the discussion of all these things that Jacob truly is uh, his nephew. Uh, and it says that he stayed with him for a month. So any thoughts or comments up to this? All right, well, let's keep going. Verses 15 down through 20. I promise I'll go through 20 this time. It says, Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, <clears throat> should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. And Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give you to her or give her to you than than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for Rachel for her. Sorry, I probably added a few more words in there than I should have, but I think you kind of get the drift of what's going on there. So after Jacob comes to Laban and stays with him for a month, like I said, it could be that Laban might have noticed that there was an attraction that, that Jacob had for Rachel here at this point in time. He might have kind of anticipated this a, a little bit, and that might be why he kind of asked a question. Um, it could be because he also wanted to see you if he could get him to stay for longer. You know, maybe he'd notice, man, he's a, he's a hard worker. Boy, I, ain't, I don't want to lose him. And so he, he wanted to to see about that and what he could do as far as uh, paying him. But uh, but to those of you that may know the rest of the story, uh, there may have been a little bit of of thought as far as how he could uh, Jacob to stay with him a little bit longer uh, than than what he had promised here as far as with Rachel, whenever he dis- they discussed uh, what was going on with Rachel, it could be something he thought of later on. But regardless of the fact, we'll discuss that a little later. Matter of fact, in the next set of verses. Uh, but regardless, this is what we have at this point. Um, I did want to point out, what do you think it means when, uh, when it says that Leah's eyes were delicate? Absolutely. So as Jim pointed out, a lot of different people um, or a lot of different commentators or or, or just 
people in general have different ideas of what's going on here. And it's funny that you bring out the different translations there, because I actually had it in my notes here as far as, you know, uh, the, how the New King James, in my version here, says tender. Uh, the King James says weak, or no, I'm sorry, the King James says tender, the New King James says delicate, and the NIV and ESV says weak. Now, I'm not sure about the other translations that are out there and what all they might say. Those are the ones that I typically look at uh, just for references when I'm looking at different references. Not saying that these are any kind of special versions or anything. I'm not trying to promote that or anything. I'm just saying these are the ones I usually look at. But anyhow, um, so there's a lot of different ideas of what's going on here as far as what what it's meaning. And, and like I said, as Jim made mention, that it could be that they were just saying, you know, she was cross-eyed. It could be that they were just trying to express how ugly she was or the fact that only her eyes were, were pretty. Um, regardless of the fact, it points out uh, when it compares it to Rachel, where it says she was beautiful of form and appearance, that Rachel was obviously uh, prettier than Leah, or at least in Jacob's mind, she was prettier than Leah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, which actually adds to what's going to happen in the next next set of verses here when you think about that and you think about the the strong love and the desire that he had for Rachel uh, compared to what happens to him here in a minute and how hard that must have hit him, how much that, that really um, uh, hurt him. Okay, uh, and that's a good point. Uh, and honestly, I had meant to bring that up as far as when he... Uh, she said... Uh, Laban, you're thinking about when uh, when Abraham's servant came for Rebecca, how that you know he wanted he desired very strongly for Rebecca to stay with them for a little bit longer. So Janice had said that Laban may have had some kind of attachment issues here, to where he wanted to to hold on to to people, and since this was uh, Rebecca's son, he wanted to hold on to her to him as well, just as if it was Rebecca. Um, but even more so in the aspect as far as wanting to hold on to his own daughters uh, a little longer. But the thought, though, as far as leaving, thinking about back in when, when Abraham's servant had came, you know, remember it was Laban that ran out to meet Abraham's servant at the well as well, which I thought was kind of uh, uh, interesting. I meant to bring that up there at the beginning part of this class when we was talking about uh, Laban running out to meet uh, uh, Jacob here. You know, I wonder if he had almost had flashbacks, if you would, as he's running out to meet him and uh, thinking about the time when when Abraham's servant came and ultimately took Rebecca back. But very good. Thank you for bringing that up. Anything else? Uh, right. Well, out of the twelve, you know, her physical body, as we'll see in a minute, will give six of them. You know, and then her handmaid will give two, along with Rachel's handmaid will give two, and then Rachel will give two. But, but very good. Uh, anything else? To have more of a, of a picking? All right, well, let's look at the next set of verses here. We'll go from 21. Uh, I'm going to say 21 to 30, but we might stop in between there. We'll see how it works out. <clears throat> it says, Then Jacob 
said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her, and Laban uh, gave his maid Zilpah uh, to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must not be done and so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, so he gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife also. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah uh, to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban another seven years. You've got this going on. Like I said, when you think about the aspect of, of this, this thought as far as how Jacob served Laban for seven years, and it only seemed like a few days because of the love that he had for Rachel. And you think about that mindset and that thought that he had for seven years, uh, uh, looking forward to this time with Rachel. And so he goes to, to his father-in-law, or well, his future father-in-law here, his uncle, I guess you can say at this point in time, how you want to look at that? Uh, <laughs> but he goes to him and says, look, I've worked my seven years, you know, give me my daughter. And so what does he do? He gathers the town people together pretty much, right? And w- w- what does that mean? Had a wedding, had a, presented a feast for him, and uh, gathered all these people together and had this, this wedding feast. How do you think it may have been that, that when it came to evening time, that when he took Leah and gave it to Jacob, that Jacob didn't realize this until the morning time? From what Mike was saying, uh, it could be that this is where the pretty eyes come into play, and that's definitely a thought. You know, I never really thought about that to where she might have been covered up to where all you saw was her eyes. I heard Steve over here say that Jacob may have been uh, uh, drunk because of the the intoxication of the feast. Jim? Absolutely. When you think about what Jacob had done uh, uh, back in, in, in Canaan with his brother and his father as far as, you know, deceiving him, um, and here we have this going on as well. Absolutely. And, and that's a very good point and something that I was going to uh, discuss on as well. And, and when you think about that aspect, though, as far as this, this deceiving nature, now, I mean, you know, obviously we're not told a whole lot of anything other than the fact that, that over the seven-year period only felt like a few days. Uh, but we don't know of any kind of deceiving nature that Jacob may have had up until this point. Uh, you know, or what kind of deception might have been going on. Uh, but once again, when we look at the, the rest of the story and look at what's, what's going to happen here in the future, it's, it's almost like you know, it awoke uh, Jacob again and thinking, man, 
he ain't gonna get away with this. You know, wait, wait till till later on. I'll find a way to get him, and uh, and we'll see. You know how that might turn out. And I grant you, the Lord was with him in this. So, you know, whether it be uh, uh, something that the Lord had planned, which obviously the Lord had His hand in it, um, or not, as far as the what Jacob would be doing later on. I don't want to get into that too much right now, but just keep that in your mind. But ultimately, we have you know, him, obviously marrying Leah, and then you're know, serving out that week, and then. Uh, Laban had given him Rachel as well and continued on. He knew, I was thinking about this this morning as I was going over the lesson and everything. I wonder how it would have been, especially when you look at uh, the 12 tribes, you know, and what we discussed as far as, as what we've already discussed as far as how that Leah had literally provided from herself half of the tribes there. You know, when you read up to this point, it's almost like you know, Jacob had no interest whatsoever in Leah, none. But yet, uh, here we have him marrying Leah because of the deception of Laban, and, and here we have what's going on, you know, the, this aspect of what's going on. Another thought that, that I had read and never really thought about it too much is how Rachel may have felt on this. You know, did, did, did this come because of something that uh, was Rachel and Leah, for that matter, in on this deception, or was this something that Laban pretty much uh, used his, his hand to say, nope, you're staying here, you're going over here. You know, did they willingly accept this? Was this something that they were like, yeah, sure, and you know, if that was the case, did Rachel just not feel any kind of, uh, of, um, any kind of a threat because of the love that, he, that she saw that Jacob had towards her? Uh, just food for thought, but what's that as far as Leah? Yeah. Well, true. Um, at this point in time, you know, once the thing, once these things are done, you know, there's really not much going back at this point. But uh, but yes, he he stayed with her and, and showed her your know, kindness uh, out of respect, I guess you can say. But very good. But. Ultimately, the, the last part here in verse 30 where it says that Jacob had loved Rachel more than Leah uh, definitely sets the stage for what's about to happen. So any other thoughts or comments? Just in case you were wondering, it is not a good idea, as you'll see, to marry sisters. All right, so just, just thought, you'd, thought I'd throw that out there because just think about that as what we're about to read. <laughs> Let's get into uh, the next set of verses, starting in verse 31, where it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, some virgins here say hate, when saw that Leah was hated, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, uh, the Lord has surely looked down or looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Uh, then she conceived again and bore a son and, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. 
She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached, will become attached to me, because I have given I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Like I said, we were going to get back to this idea of, of, of unloved or hated here. Um, just because it says hated here, and, you know, we think about the word hate and, and have a really, you know, bad thought as far as what's going on there when it says that your Leah was hated. But, uh, but when we look at that, we think about, well, you know, over in Luke chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus speaking says, uh, if anyone uh, comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, and yet his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, just pointing out the, the word hate here is not necessarily meaning that he just couldn't stand her. It was more the idea that uh, he didn't love her as much as what he loved Rachel. But yes, loved less, exactly. All right, so for just those of you that might not have heard Jeremy, Jeremy made mention how that uh, when you when it talks about Leah being tender-eyed because of what we're reading here, uh, in the aspect of how that that Leah wanted Jacob to love her, um, which is clearly seen. And I mean, we're going to talk about these names here in a minute uh, because the the idea of what these names mean and your. Bibles might have footnotes in there describing what these different names mean as far as her sons go, but when we look at this and we look at what all's going on, we truly see how much Leah wanted uh, Jacob to love her. And back to what Jeremy was saying is that it could be that the idea of Leah having tendered eyes uh, be that she looked at Jacob the way that Jacob was looking at Rachel. Uh, meaning that she loved uh, Jacob the way that Jacob loved, loves Rachel. Uh, then, you know, like I said, it could be. I never really thought about it that way. But what Jim was pointing out, though, in that, in that concept was the uh, added conjunction there where it says, but, you know, in, in verse, verse 17, thank you, um, where it says that Leah's eyes were uh, delicate or tender or uh, weak or what have you. It says, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. So you're, just the wording there, it does kind of have a little bit thought there. But mm, 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 mm. All right, we'll go with Susan first. Okay, so Susan says that, that the tender, tendered eyes here may have been compassion. Uh, the idea of compassion that, that Leah may have had. Jim? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there is definitely a desire that, that Leah had as far as wanting to be loved. Now, whether or not that has any connection with the tendered eyes, I don't know, and it could be. Never really thought about it that way until um, till it was made mention here. But, but why is that? I mean, I guess it could be to show you. Uh, Jacob more so as far as you 
trying to trying to get him to to love Leah. I'm not sure. Wait, wait. Absolutely, showing God's in charge of all, and and what all's happening here, but also showing the compassion that he that God had as well. Right, right. So as he's having children with Leah, he's noticing that that she's very fertile here and and wanting to spend more time with her. Uh, and especially that was the, the hope of Leah, if nothing else. All right, well, let's look at these names real quick, and then we'll probably have to, have to uh, close out class. But looking at the names as far as what Leah had named her children, the first one being Reuben. Uh, because we're running out of time, I'm not going to sit there and ask what all these names mean from you. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, Reuben means see a son. Uh, ultimately, so you know, and, and one thing that I couldn't help but think about as I'm reading what the actual translations of these names are is imagine going around and and people finding out your name's Reuben. You know, it's like huh, son. All right, yeah, I see you're a son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and as you keep going, you know, I mean, we look at the name and think, all right, Reuben, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But what what, what Jim had made mention of here as far as uh, Reuben goes in, in, in the aspect of you know, a son is that you know she she's pointing out that the Lord has blessed me you know here here's a son and in the comments that she makes go along with it the Lord surely has uh, looked on my affliction uh, and you know once again we're pointing out the fact that Leah desires to be loved by her husband says therefore my husband will love me. Uh, but then we look at it again. She has another son, names him Simeon. And, uh, and that name literally means heard. You know, the Lord has heard my affliction. And she continues to say, she's, you know, the Lord has heard that I am unloved. Uh, therefore, she, he, he's also given me this son. And then she bears again and, and gives another son, names him Levi, which I got to look at these because I don't remember what all these names mean, but. Uh, Levi, which means attached, uh, showing that, that she felt that Jacob would now be attached to him because she has given him these three sons. But yet we see that that's not the case yet. So she bears again and, uh, and, and has another son and names him Judah, uh, which means praise, uh, showing that she is very thankful that God has uh, given her these these sons, uh, even though you know, Jacob might not be loving her the way she really desires him to love her, um, she still gives God the praise here. And man, I'm out of time, but I, I got to say this: in, in thinking about this, and thinking about the mindset of Leah, as far as the love that she had, or the thankfulness that she had towards God for doing this. And she gives mention to God, the Lord. Uh, and, and thinking about Rachel and what happens when they go to leave as far as her still in the household gods of Laban, her father. You know, and, and seeing the, the difference here in, in, their, in their mindsets anyhow as far as God goes. And I'm just going to leave that with you. And we can discuss that more next week if you want. But just thinking about that aspect there. Any thoughts or comments? Well, I can't ask for that because I'm, I'm done. So write it down. We'll discuss it next week.